So, hey, Jesus, what is my purpose in life? I bet you've asked that question or sort of some kind of version of it. Maybe you're asking that question in your life right now. And if you're not, at some point, you will. Or maybe you're asking it again. Maybe you think you've already got that nailed down and you got it figured out and you're living out God's purpose for your life. Great. But you still may come to a point in your life where you question, is this it? What's going on? Because see, pain has a way of doing that in your life. When you go through something really difficult, you find yourself asking that question. Failure has a way of doing that to you. We've all failed at things. Going through a crisis will do that. Bring you to a point where you ask that question. Times of confusion will do that to you. Maybe when you lose a job or have a job transition, you go, ah, I got some big questions here about the direction of my life. It's normal. It's natural. When you go through a divorce, it happens. When you face an illness that you didn't see coming, especially when it just won't let up, or you've gone through a tragedy, unexpected, and you go, man, I, now I'm questioning everything. Or just over time, as you get older, age brings you to a point where you look in the mirror and you go, what's my purpose? If I, if I've missed it. And then to make matters worse, you're in a conversation with a friend or you hear someone else, a side comment, you know, they say something like this. Man, this is why I was born right here. I mean, yep, this is why God put me on planet Earth. Maybe they had, a, you know, an opportunity or they won an award or they had a great experience or a great cheeseburger. This right here is why I'm alive. I know it. And it's great. And we laugh. Then we go to bed at night and we ask ourselves, can I say that about myself? Why was I born? What am I here for? Yeah, it brings us to a point where we ask these nagging questions. And if you're a college student right now, this question or some form of this question is eating your lunch. Right? What major? What major? What major? I don't want to, you know, I don't know. Do I do this? Do I do that? Or, or perhaps you are a little bit past that and you're in the young family years, in the years of diapers and drama and unending car pickup lines. And you're looking at your life going, is this it? <laughs> or you're middle aged and the reality of life is really starting to set in. And all of the pressures, and you're thinking, did I miss something? Or maybe you're older now in the last years of your life, because nobody lives on this earth forever. And you, and you go, ah, maybe it's just too late for me. Maybe, maybe I'm just past all that. What is my purpose in life? See, we all assume there is one. We just don't want to miss it, and we don't want to waste our one and only life, and we certainly don't want to get it wrong. So what gives? Here's something I think we need to get settled right up front. And this, when I began to understand this, it was so helpful for me, and I think it'll be just as helpful for you. And when it comes to the question of purpose, we often make a, a bad assumption 
And the bad assumption we often make, and there's a reason for it, and we'll get to that, is that our purpose is about one specific thing. It's one thing, and we got to figure it out. It's one thing, it's one place, it's one job, it's one person, it's one direction, and you know, one, one, one house, one car, one experience, one title, one career, one whatever. And if we miss it, oh, we'll have a miserable life. That's a bad assumption. Christians have a word for it. And if you are a Christian, you've probably been guilty of, of talking about this probably uh, more than you realize. And it's not a bad thing. It's just we need to admit it. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you probably have Christian friends that, that talk about this kind of stuff. And, and maybe they're the ones that invited you. But the Christian word for this is calling, right? What you're calling, what you're calling. I have a calling. This is my calling. Do you know your calling? Uh, has God showed you your calling? Ask God to show you your calling and calling, calling, calling. And, and I just look at that word, and it's not a bad word, and there's a good time to talk about it. But the word that I, I think is pressure. It's just so much pressure, right? Because you, man, don't miss your calling. Don't miss your calling. Step into your calling. Don't miss your calling. You're calling, you're calling, you're calling. And I'm like, time out, man. Has a lot of pressure. As if, we assume, as if God has a predetermined roadmap for your life. And everything has been predetermined and predecided. And God wants you to figure it out. But He ain't telling you. It's like it's a spiritual mystery, almost like a game or a puzzle. And if you figure it out, if you figure out what God wants for your life, if you figure out all the fine-tuned details of this roadmap that God has already predetermined for your life, if you figure it out, great. If you don't, you're going to be living out of God's will. Good luck. That pressure, man. Where, where do we get that? Where do we get that? I mean, what, what, about, what about the fact that we're limited? We're human. We're imperfect. And sometimes we get things wrong and we miss it. That's a lot of pressure. It almost seems unkind, even cruel, to look at it that way. As if God looks at you and says, hope you figure it out. For instance, well, I, I want to get married. I want to find the one. And God says, good luck. Find the one out of eight billion and hopefully they live close to you because you ain't traveling that much, right? Maybe, hopefully, they're in the same biology class. Or good luck, one in eight billion. That's a lot of pressure, right? I'm going to find the one. See, we assume there's one. I'm going to find the one. And, and maybe that's why some of you have gone through divorce because I had the wrong one. And so I got to find the right one, right? There's one. Are you with me in this? Or oh, i got to find the right major. There's so many majors. I hope I pick the right major or the right career or pick the right neighborhood because if I don't, oh, man. Yeah, that's so much pressure. So you don't know? You don't know God's purpose? You don't know the details? You don't know all of that? Well, you must not want it bad enough. You must not be praying hard enough. You must not care enough. That's a bad assumption, man. It's a bad assumption that the scriptures don't support. Here's what I'm learning. 
So when it comes to purpose, it's not just about one specific thing. That the question of purpose in life is more general, more freeing, but all-encompassing. Okay, it's more general than you realize, okay? And it's more freeing. I'm getting ready to help free you up and free us up. You're getting ready to be freed up. But understand, it is all-encompassing, and the question of purpose applies to all of life, not just one part of it. God's not hiding his purpose for your life. God's not playing keep away. God's not going, I know. <laughs> That's for me to know and you to find out. Pray hard. Pray harder. Pray. I don't think you want it bad enough. Pray harder. Come on. God's not. God wants you to know and live in his purposes more than you want to know what his purposes are. Did you know that? God wants us to know it and live it more than we even want to know and live it. And he wants to show us. In fact, we're going to look at it here in just a minute. But I want to begin with this very important understanding. And at first you're going to go, well, yeah, I know that. But this is so very important because I'm taking you somewhere. Let's begin with this truth. All of life has a God context. All of life. You're going to have a hard time making sense of life outside the reality that all of life has a God context, whether we like it or not. And even with that understanding, there's so much we don't know. There's so much we can't figure out. And there's so much we have yet to understand. But here's why I say all of life has a God context. Because life ultimately began with God and is going to end with God. So it starts with God and it ends with God, which means everything in between is within the context of God starting it and it ending up with him. That's what you call a God context. All of life has a God context, which means your life has a God context. Yeah, your life began with God and ultimately is going to end with God. You did not self-cause. You are not here because of you, right? Your life began with God. It is because of God. It is through God. And it's going to end up with God, which means it is ultimately about and for God. Your life has a God context. Well, I don't agree with that. Okay, you have the right to be wrong. It doesn't change it. Right? I mean, I mean well, I don't like that. Okay, okay, but it doesn't change it. Your life has God context. And listen, we can disagree on how to understand things and how to explain things. Okay, I get that. Okay, but the bottom line is all of life and your life happens within the context of God. And if you're going to understand purpose, and if you're going to wrestle with the questions of purpose, you have to do so within that context. Or else you can try to just live for yourself and do for yourself and be the, the purpose of your own life and end, you know, good luck with that. That's probably what has you to the point of asking this question anyway. Because your own journey ain't leading you where you thought. In the first century, let me, let me show you this. It's, it's a recurring theme over and over in the scriptures. God wanted to make sure we got this. He wanted to make sure we understood this. It's a recurring theme. And in the first century, Paul, the apostle, he, he said it so many different ways and to so many different groups of people. One day he was in the city of Greece 
at a place called Mars Hill, the Areopagus, and you can actually go there. And some of you have been there. Some of you have actually stood where Paul stood. It's a great historical, beautiful place. And he was having a conversation with a group of philosophers, kind of a debate kind of thing, going back and forth. And they would, they would gather and they would have these big philosophical conversations. And Paul was talking with a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. And you know all about the Epicureans and the Stoics because they live down your street, don't they? Right. Oh, yeah, I know about them. But he was having this big philosophical conversation with these guys, and um, he was trying to help them understand this God context in words that, in ways that they understood and that they could understand. And here's what he says. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is top dog. He's saying God is large and in charge of everything in heaven and everything on earth, which leaves out nothing in heaven and nothing on earth. That is what you call a God context. And he, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. I love the rhythm of that. He gives everyone life and breath and everything else. He has given you life and breath and everything else. He gives people who don't even believe in him life and breath and everything else, which means when you go home and look at all your stuff, you go into your garage, you open up your portfolio and look at your investments and you're tempted to go, look what I have done. This is my stuff. No, because it is God who gives everyone life and breath and everything else, which means without him, you have no life, you have no breath, and you got nada, nothing else. That, my friends, is what you call a God Context And it's true about me, it's true about you, it's true about all of us. Now he goes on. Now that God did this, there's a reason for this. There's a reason that God has created this context. So that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. Paul is like, this God context is created so that we would acknowledge this and reach out for him and connect with him. But understand, God's not making it hard. God's not playing keep away. He's like, you don't want it bad enough. You're not praying hard enough. No. Where do we get this? Like, I'm begging God to show me what he wants for his life. Like, God's going, oh, he begged more. <laughs> That's not a loving heavenly father. I'm begging God to show me. I'm begging. I don't want to. No, no. God's not trying to play keep away from you. He's not far. He's close. The answer to the purpose of your life is close by. And then he says this. I love this. One of my favorite statements in all the scriptures. For in him, in God, Paul said, we live and move and have our being. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that powerful? We live and move and have our being. Without God, we don't live, we don't move, and we don't be. We live and move and have our being. Paul said this very same thing a different way to a group of his friends in the city of Rome, and he said it like this. Good, a God context. That everything comes from God, everything happens through him, and everything ends up in him. How's that for summarizing things, right? Everything, everything comes from, happens through, and ends up, ultimately. It all has a God context. And he said it yet another way to a group of his friends, his brothers and sisters, in the city of Corinth, when he said it like this. 
So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Why? Because all of life and your life has God context. I, I love that word whatever. It's his way of saying, you notice, that's pretty broad, right? Right? It doesn't get more broad than whatever. So he says, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you're into, whatever you like, whatever you enjoy, whatever your passions are, whatever your skills are, whatever it is you decide to pursue, whatever opportunity you're in, whatever, just make sure you do the whatever to the glory of God. Not one specific thing. Not one specific roadmap that all of you miss it by that much. You're out of God's will. No, no, no. Whatever, whatever you choose to do, make sure you do it for the glory and purposes of God. Here's another way to say it. The purpose of your life is to journey with God and everything else is just details. The purpose of your life, and I don't know the details of your life. I don't know what you're going through in life, and I don't know where you've been, and I don't know where you're going. I don't know all that, but I can tell you this. If you want to know the purpose of your life, the purpose of your life is to journey with God. Well, that's not what I was wanting to know. I was wanting to know which job I should take. I get it. We'll get there. But the purpose of your life is to journey with God and everything else, including which job you take. That's just details. Everything else is just Details. Now, here's the kicker. I want to know those details. That's what I'm here for. That's what. I'm, and maybe some of you found out that, oh, he's going to talk about purpose. You came for the details, and you're ready. God's going to speak to you while you're here, and you're going to go red car, not green car. Got it. Right? No. Everything else is just details. But the challenge is I want to know those details. You want to know those details, and we get lost in the details, right? We get sucked into the details. I want you to hear me loud and clear. The purpose of your life is less about the details than you know and more, much more about the direction that your life is going. Less about the details along the way and more about the overall direction of your life. That's the God context. You're here to journey with God. No matter what job you have, no matter what situation you're in, you're here to journey with God and the rest of that is details now, let me go ahead and speak to the thing that some of you are sitting there very quietly, but you're having a very loud conversation with me in your mind right now. So are you saying the details don't matter, dude? Are you saying the details are not important? I'm not saying that at all. Have you not gotten to know me through the years? Maybe you're new, you don't know. I love details. I am your detail dude. I love details. And some of you are just like it. And if you are, you probably, maybe you married someone that, like details, what's that? Right? I find often people that love details and people that don't, they marry each other. And that's the way, that's just the way life is. It's just fun, right? No, I, I love details. My wife, I married a woman that loves details too. So, so we're all about the details. Maybe you're a detail person. Maybe, maybe you're not. The, the beauty of life I love, is, I think, is in the details. So I can get lost in the details really quickly. I know what I'm talking about here because I'm living it. But it's less about the details and more about the direction. Do the details matter? Yep, they do matter. 
Details are very important. You know why the details matter? Because the details help you live out the direction of your life. The details serve the direction of your life. And if you're not careful, your details will hinder the direction of your life, which is to journey with God. It can hinder, right? So there are certain people that can be in your life that will hinder the overall direction of you journeying with God more and more each day. So that's got to get looked at. It matters. There are certain jobs that will hinder God's overall direction for your life. There are certain money decisions that you'll make. There are certain health decisions that you can make to actually hinder God's purposes in your life, to journey with him. So the details do matter, but they don't matter nearly as much as we think they do what matters most. There's freedom here. What matters most is the overall direction. And the purpose of my life and the purpose of your life is to journey with God in everything, no matter what the details, and to adjust the details so that we can live out God's purposes. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Because there's a better way to ask this question. I know we began with the question, what is my purpose in life? There's a better way to ask this question to get at the right answer. The better way to ask this question is, am I living for God's purpose? Look at your life and don't ask yourself just, what is my purpose in life? The better question is, am I living for God's purposes because my life has a God context and everything else, I'm journeying with him and everything else is details and all the details are to serve that overall direction. And if they don't and when they don't, I need to deal with the details and adjust the details so that the overall direction of my life is that I am journeying with God. So am I living for God's purposes? It's really a question about how we're living our lives, not necessarily about what we're doing. It's about how we are doing it. So let me get down to the nitty gritty. When you're looking at your life, it's not really as much about where you live on this planet and a whole lot more about how you are living on this planet. Let's talk about your job. It's not really all that much about which job you take or which job you have or which career path you're on or what you decided to do with your life. It's not as much about that and it's a whole lot more about how you do your job no matter what your job is how you're going about your career path, no matter what it is. Now, there are some jobs you just can't do for the glory of God. There are some jobs that are just not going to help you live for God's purposes. You can't be a hitman for the glory of God. You can't be a drug dealer for the glory of God. You can't work for the IRS for the glory. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Too much in line. Right? Strike that one. Don't, don't record that. Edit that out. Here's the deal. Who you are married to is important. But what is most important is how you do marriage with the person you are married to. Now, does who you, you marry matter? Absolutely, because if you marry crazy, it's going to be hard, no matter what happens, okay? Yeah. And we're, we've all been a little crazy. But what's most important, right? One in eight billion people. Good luck. Hope you find that one. And if you don't, too bad, so sad. Right? Do you think God would do that to you? Do you think your lovingly, your loving heavenly father would do that to you? It doesn't make sense, does it? 
But I tell you what does make sense is to look at your marriage and go, hmm, are we helping each other journey with God? How are we doing marriage? Because see, some of you convinced you got the wrong one. Hmm, no. Chances are you didn't marry the wrong person. You're doing marriage wrong. Making it about you. Make it about yourself. Oh, that, now I'm meddling. Well, well, let's move on. See, it's not nearly as much about which house you live in and which house you buy and what car you buy. See, we want to get sucked in on those details. And you're like, Lord, I want you to show me. Do I buy this house or this house? We live in that neighborhood or this house, you know, in this neighborhood or this car or this car. God, I got to get this right. I don't want to be out of your will. And God's like, choose a house, man. <laughs> drive, just drive. Just what you want to drive, drive that, right? I think that's a whole lot more. Here, here's what's most important is how you spend your money. That's what's most important. Not what you buy with it as much as are you a good steward? That's the principle. Am I living as a steward of what God has entrusted to me? And if I've bought a house that's so big and so expensive and a car that's so much, I can't honor God as a steward of what he's entrusted to me, which is everything. Everything comes from him. We've already seen that. Then I need to readjust those details. If I can't be generous like Jesus, if I can't give, if I can't help others, if I can't invest into the bigger picture, do you see how this works? See, we're, we're getting focused on the wrong thing. I just want to make sure I live in the right house. and in the right. No, no, just make sure you are honoring God as a steward of all he's entrusted to you and you do finances his way. Then live in whatever house you can afford and is wise, whatever's wise. Drive whatever car's wise and fun. Hey, you want to drive a truck, drive a truck. You want to drive a beater, drive a beater and fix it up. Great, have fun with that. It's not nearly as much about the details. It's a whole lot more about the direction of our lives. Let me make it personal real quick. I'm pastor of the Summit Church. And I've been doing this this year for almost 20 years here at this church this year. I could, I could do something else, though, and not be a failure. Do you know that? I could have chosen a different career path. And I can still, as you can tell, I'm very young. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing in agreement. I get that. I get that. And, and the beard and the bald, that, that's just the aftermath of teenage daughters. That's all that is. That's all that is. It's just the byproduct. But as a, right now, being as young and, and, and fit and healthy as I am, I could go do something else. I could even continue to pastor and pastor in another place of the world. You know, I, I mean, what's most important is how I live as the pastor of the Summit Church. It's not what church I pastor. And it's not even really whether or not I pastor or do something else. I'm not saying those things are unimportant. What's most important for me is that I am journeying with God as and while I'm the pastor, because I won't always be the pastor. I'm not trying to give you a hint or anything like that. I'm just giving you an, this is what I do. This is my job. Parents, you know this. You know this, okay? Healthy parents know this. Healthy parents know that it's not really all important what their kids decide to do when they grow up, but it's really most important, and what you care about most is who they become, Right? That's healthy parents. Now, if you're not healthy in your parenting, you're going, nah, he's going to do what I did. He's taking over from me, right? No, he, he, he's going pro. That's why I'm taking him to every daggum ball field there is. He's going, there is a .026 chance 
literally, that your child will go pro. There is a 100% chance that they're going to have to figure out God's purposes and live for those things. So as a parent, you know, when you're really healthy parenting, you're knowing whether they do this or that or become this or, or, or do that or live there or that or this or that, you know, now that doesn't really matter as much as who they are becoming as a person. Which leads me to the best question. When you're asking, what's my purpose in life? Really, it's better to think, am I living for God's purposes? And it's best to ask this question because this is the bottom line. Who you are becoming. You know what your heavenly father cares about, cares about the most is who you're becoming. Not what house you live in, what awards you win, what your investment portfolio looks like. You, you, you know what God cares about most is who you're becoming. You know at the end of your life, you know really the only thing that's going to matter is who you became. At your funeral, let me tell you what we're going to talk about. And I know because I've been to a lot of them. What you did and your accomplishments and awards may get a, an honorable mention, but what you're going to want us to talk about and what your family is going to want to talk about and what people talk about is who they became. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters, who you're becoming. And that question, the answer to that question has to be asked in a God context because he started you and you're going to end up with him. And so all of life and the purpose of this is about journeying with him and all the other things. It's just details. They're important details, but it's just details. Just no matter what the details are, no matter what details you choose, journey with God, becoming who God created you to be specifically. More like Jesus. See, when we pray, we often just pray about the details. God, I just need to know whether to take this job or not, whether to buy this or sell that. God, I just need to know. I just need to know whether, you know, to ask him or her or, or them and this deal, that deal. God, I just, if you could just show me, God, what to do. Do I move here? Do I start our own business? Do I go into business with them? God, well, I just need you to show me. There's a better way to pray. And the better way to pray is not agonizing so much over the fine details, even though those are important, because they serve the direction. The better way to pray is to say, all right, God, with these options, which of these options help me best live out your purposes in my life? Of all these options, God, which one of these is going to help me become more like Jesus? That's the purpose question. Which one of these is going to help me become who you created me to become? More like Christ. So if you got two job options and one of them's going to require you to do some shady stuff, well, that just kind of comes with the territory. You got to, you know, you can't really be honest with everybody. You got to do what you got. Well, maybe that's not the one for you then. If you can't become more like, if doing that job doesn't help you become more like Jesus, because you have to deal with the devil. Right, or maybe, or maybe this job is going to take you away from your family so much you can't fulfill the bigger commitment you made in your life to your spouse and to your family. Even though the money's good, ah, at the end of the day, the money ain't going to matter to you. 
Yeah. Do you see how that works? God, how can I best live out your purposes? How can, how can I best become who you want me to become? That's how you wrestle with the purpose question. And you consider all the details of your life in that direction. Let the details serve the direction. The direction, I'm journeying with God. Everything else is details. And I will adjust the details as needed to help me better journey with God. More specifically, become more like Jesus. I hope you get this. There is so much grace here. There is so much freedom here. And there's so much clarity here. So whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want, whatever job, whatever person you decide is wise for you to marry, whatever place you want to live in, whatever opportunity you want to take on, just make sure that those details are leading you in your next steps of the overall direction to journey with God becoming more like Jesus. And if they are, go for it, man. And if not, time to make some adjustments to the details. One more thing. A lot of times we look at our lives and when things don't go as they ought, we think that's God's indicating to us we missed it. When you lose the job, I must have gone down the wrong career path. Or when the job falls through, or the deal falls through, or that person walks out on you, whatever. Oh, this is God's punishment. I missed it. I missed it. No, 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 no. Not necessarily. We all experience difficulties. We all experience pain. That's life. We all are going to experience failures. We're not going to get it right every time. But at the end of the day, you, you, you step back and you go, okay. Who am I becoming through this loss, through this failure, through this challenge? Because at the end of the day, who you become is the way. Becoming more like Jesus. So just wrestle with the purpose question in light of that. When days are good and when days are not. When things are going well and when things are not going well. Keep asking, who am I becoming? And that will fill your life with more purpose than you could possibly imagine. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I know this is a big question. And I feel it, we feel it. And we get lost in the details, and the details are important. But may we understand the most important thing is the direction our lives are headed. And when details get in the way of us journeying with you, following Jesus, becoming more like him, help us to have the courage enough and the wisdom enough to make the necessary changes and adjustments to help us become who you created us to become, more like your son, Jesus. May we evaluate the questions of purpose with a bigger picture. And I know there are a lot of people here with this question, and some of them are asking the question because they're going through great pain, and they've wondered if they've missed something along the way, and that's why they're hurting. Well, Father, you never promised us 
that when we were following you, that everything would always be just a certain way and it would always be easy. In fact, you told us it would be challenging to expect it to be hard because the greatest things, the most meaningful things, the most important things in life are. They're often very challenging, but they're worth it. So, Father, we submit our lives to you. The details, too. But help us to feel the freedom and the grace with the details. And make sure we are laser-focused on the direction. That is what our purpose is about. Who we are becoming. In Jesus' name, amen.